0: guys, welcome to the b Podcast. My name is Rich and I'm your host. And today joining me to co-host is Valentin. What's up, man?
1: What's up, guys?
0: So he has returned.
1: What's up?
0: Valentin has returned here. Be
1: in the house.
0: There you Be go. Good. And we have some special guests here. We have Johnny and Joey from Grandmothers of America in the house. How you guys doing? Hey. Great. Good.
2: Thank you. And awesome. then we also
1: have Laura Bustillos uh, Jaquez. Enjoying some mole to my right-hand side. That's Re- right. Re- reading all about love, new visions, bell, bell, uh, bell hooks. hooks. She'll be uh, enjoying the conversation. on That's right. right. When, of course. Please. Uh, when I, Welcome. When I step aside.
0: <laughs> cool. So uh, Johnny and Joey ha- have uh, been spending some time here at the studio today. We had a really nice event earlier with Latinitas. They, they showcased their film and you guys were around to check that out and so
2: what kind of uh, brought you guys into the studio um, thanks for having us so much we were <laughs> pulling into uh, el paso today and uh... rolled up to get some juice That's matcha right. juice
0: and, and you're the juice guy huh i you am
3: i i love juice the juice is a big part of my life um, kind of identify with it as a spirit substance <laughs> and uh, no so,
2: so we were all parched and going to get some juice, and uh, uh, we step in and place our order, and uh, this friendly I was, gentleman.
3: I was putting <laughs> some ice packs in the fridge because I told the woman I had to keep some of my film, we're photographers, keep my film cold because it's been so like, ridiculously hot here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa! And uh, you noticed, you noticed that we had film, and you asked me about it, and you've been a filmmaker. We got into conversations about what we're doing, and. And yeah, you were like an absolute angel to us today, by the way. We're so thankful, bringing us in, showing us some nice love in El Paso. Been we on the road for a while.
2: The film yeah. today, the Latinitas film, was incredible today Wasn't too. It, it was such there, a powerful you know, experience.
1: Yeah, it I was. It uh, was so politically charged. It was about a venture, you know. It was, right. uh, yeah, they had their own voice. I gave them a certain like outline and template to follow, but they knew what they wanted. You know, they knew what they wanted to say. You know? Yeah. They, they definitely had. Uh, Oliver Stone agenda. So, and, it was beautiful. Yeah, they nailed it. But yeah, I saw the. I saw. I want to go get some. Uh, I dropped off uh, Audrey, uh, your fr- uh, friend in- intern, yeah. helping transcribe the documentary footage for my second book. Uh, I took her to Don Shapiro's house to have a writing session up in the mountains. Really beautiful estate. And uh, so I took her home, and she wanted some smoothie. So you know, I, we went down to Donovan and uh, walked walked in, and. and uh and then I saw you two guys, and right off the bat, I'm like, these, these boys ain't from around here. They had something. It was, uh, and I knew it was some kind of artistic slang of the right. hat and this, just the way you were talking, it was like, a, like, make, a style, like, huh? like a style, Lincoln. It was it was like a Lincoln County, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, Billy the Kid era, too guys from <laughs> Philadelphia come, you know, and, and educated men come and do, doing some good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow, and, man. And, and, that's um, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so that's why you approached them. All right. Yeah. And, well, no, I saw him putting away oh, film, no. and it reminded me of when I worked on my first film where I had to go in Favens, Texas, take stock of of 35 millimeter Panavision film from the DPs on this feature film project and take them to Big 8, a store, because we rented refrigerators there. Yeah. So it, it was like a little click, you know, like, all right you got to keep these, that cool. these guys are serious, you know. They, they're, they're craftsmen. You know, they're, they're craftsmen. And, and and it was, you know, it was serendipitous to say the least, man. It was yeah. well, what, the, well, what they're doing and, and how it aligned. And I gave them the cards and they were a little forlorn and beaten up with the desert. The, <laughs> the, you know the know traveling, I mean? right? Yeah, like, already already you know, that bad. Johnny <laughs> was in the real struggle bus there. Yeah, I remember, there. I remember, <laughs> I remember in, the, in the cold, man, over in New York, man, getting off of... The coldest day in Manhattan. Go, you know, it was it was it was ridiculous. It was like the, like 12 degrees with a 25 hour wind chill factor. I'd never experienced anything like that. So I keep, had to keep telling myself, what is cold, anyways? You know, like for me to deal with. So heat. This is. A so heat. did you ask yourselves you
2: what is heat? Yeah. yeah for don't. you guys, what it's is like, this oppressive force that debilitates. <laughs> but we're
3: on, you know we're out walking around, talking to people all day in the sun. Like we don't drive for very long before we're getting out at some point to to interview somebody. We should probably talk about what we're doing.
1: Let well, yeah. Not, not, but that being said, like the way, you know, when you told me what the project was and, 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 and the routes you were taking, you were trying to go yeah. to Pecos. And I thought, well, you can go two ways. You can go through Marfa and Alpine, take two hours. But it's worth the, the route, I mean, because of the scenic parts. Once you pass the two and a half hours of, of, of Chihuahuan Desert, you know, dry and, and you know, and, and shrubs and creosote, you know, Once you pass that and it becomes beautiful, and then you go into the Pecos River, oh man, it's totally worth it. Yeah. You know, but you guys decided to stay, stay here, and, and, and you found one subject for your project. Talk about your project. So,
0: yeah, let's, let's, let's actually introduce the project. So, we mentioned it's Grandmothers of America, and you can actually find them online uh, through Instagram and YouTube. They also have a website, grandmothersofamerica.com. And uh, essentially, right, they will be archiving the matriarchs of the great American landscape and they just kicked off their tour here in the Southwest. We, we call
3: yeah. the matriarchs, we're, we're, we're documenting grandmothers. Yes. Um, so Johnny and I, I've had this idea for a couple of years, and Johnny's a great filmmaker and um, photographer in Los Angeles now, but Michigan, we're both from Michigan, the same town, Grand Rapids. And uh, I had this idea for a long time. I thought about like an image, like what's the most powerful image? If you could I thought if I could take one photo that truly meant something to me, it would be my grandmother like that 's who I wanted to hear my stories from that 's who I wanted to hold me that 's who I wanted to see that's that was that unbridled love and I thought, wow what a powerful powerful project would be traveling the country and just meeting random grandmothers and asking advice and taking their portrait on medium format film and I told Johnny this, and there's honestly not a person in the world that could do this with me and we 've had this real blessing of working together and traveling the country, and we're doing one of four trips. You want to continue, Johnny?
2: Yeah, it's okay. it's been a profound experience. We're photographing grandmothers that we meet at random every day, anywhere between four to seven different grandmothers. We're listening to their stories and we're recording advice and um, just kind of putting together this capsule of incredible stories and images, and it's. It's just a wild experience, it,
0: and that's that's a very interesting story. How does you know? I think for those listening, I think one question they might be having is, how does one go about meeting grandmothers randomly
2: on oh. your travels? We well, we didn't know, we didn't know. So we had some <laughs> learning okay. learning okay. curves
3: there. Well, the first day, we were excited to see grandmas. We Went down, we cut cutting through a forest, and the road was closed. So we had an hour detour, and then we we're like, well, we haven't asked a grandma yet. And then went to In and Out Burger and tried to ask an In and Out Burger, and they weren't grandmas. And then we're like, oh no, how are we going to do this, you know? And then we found out that we just got to be like grandma, Grandma's Witness, you know, just like knocking on doors. <laughs> and we knock on doors, and we... Witness. Wow. Yeah, Grandma's Witness. So,
2: um, yeah, we, we strolled into a small trailer park in Santa Clarita and um, knocked on a few doors, and someone came and told us that they didn't have a grandmother there, but maybe go try that person. And we kind of discovered that through just engaging with people, you start to find out who's around, who's interesting, and uh, it's all a game of chance. You know, right. We knock on the door, maybe they're not home, um, but it's, yeah. I think, I think any
0: kind of tour is, is a game of chance, right? In this case, um, tell us, what, what are you imagining for the end goal of this project?
2: So the end goal is yeah. to create a book of the portraits okay. of all the grandmothers that we meet and we're asking each grandmother the same question. What advice would you give to your younger self? And their answer to that question will be the caption to their photograph. Okay. And so in addition to the book, we're also going to be creating a fine art exhibit that will travel to different
3: galleries uh, okay. and different regions of the country. We'll
0: be traveling around.
3: Okay. Yeah, we hope to have the you know, East Coast, West Coast, and somewhere in the Midwest, and maybe the South as well. To, to you know because some of these grandmas would like are saying that they'd fly to LA to see the gallery exhibit and oh, stuff. Yeah. They're super they're super excited and and there's on all the grandchildren too. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And you know like the the, vari- the the biggest amazing thing with me that I've felt through this project is the the variety of of people, of answers, of homes, of yeah. energies um, throughout this process has been just astounding. I mean, from one grandma, you know, um, advice to another's is, is completely different. We had a grandma today named Nellie who we met who was really apprehensive, and, uh, but didn't want to be mean, and she'd been saying, I'm not beautiful, and we're like, you're so beautiful, and she was absolutely, her house was full of flowers, and she was beautiful, and she was really apprehensive, and Johnny went to the car, and I, I picked up a guitar, and I played a song, and she lit up and totally changed. Completely wow. changed. And then we ended up playing music for her later and she danced in her chair, and it was amazing. And her advice to herself, which I thought was beautiful, uh-huh. was I uh, wish, what was it, Johnny? Um,
2: to pursue voice lessons and um, oh. continue her goal at being a professional singer. So she would have followed her dream in that case. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I like that concept then, in terms of the book, asking this question of, you know, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, in many ways it's, it's asking grandmotherly advice right? and uh, I think it will be interesting to see how that changes from region to region because oh, in many absolutely. ways you're going to survey so many types of cultures and subcultures here in the
3: US yeah you know we haven't really ta- we've been so like uh, this, the Southwest is consuming every aspect of us right now especially with the heat Right. but like, I mean you, you know like every day is different I mean we, one day we were with the Apache and the next day we were with the Mormon and I mean the same talking day. about the conflict with the Apache
2: Wow and yeah. it's just kind of jostling it can be just the contrasts in cultures okay in this region I like that uh,
0: so grandmothers um, I think you you mentioned aside from their roles you know have many roles different roles in in many ways you learn about the cultures the regions right and traditions of the region so uh, have, have you picked up on anything in particular while you're in town already or?
2: In El Paso? Yeah. Well, I mean. El Paso is just breathing with energy. The, it's, it's got an incredible feel to it here. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different than any other place in the Southwest. Um, As there's, a, there's, I would say it's an intensity. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just we were here on the hottest day. <laughs> Um, but it definitely seems charged with, mm-hmm.
3: um, kind of keeps you wanting to learn and mo- understand more about the place. It's complex. Okay. It is, it's a border town, too, which I've not really experienced mm-hmm. in America. I mean, I've mean, i experienced sporting towns within other South American and Central American countries, but uh-huh. the border town in America is completely different because I'm here in American culture, but it's obviously something different, you know? And, and it's it's fascinating the the different dynamics of culture that happen within this you know these two towns, these sister towns across the border, and how they interact so seamlessly within it's almost like a like, like you said, a hybrid, you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very much
1: so yeah. It's kind of a friend of mine called, called it what you know <laughs> it's what. Pa- Paso. Right. that's, that's, that's an it, interesting it, one I always hear like waritos. Chucobari, but that was, uh, that was actually I got to give him props Mernon Hepworth. Oh yeah, and he was here he was like called the paso. Yeah. I thought, that was, I thought that was great right you know and, and, and yeah, yeah and it's also it's also how I was telling you earlier on I don't know if it was you Joey or John I forget who but we're talking about my second the second book of writing and a lot of it is about water right issues, right? not a lot of it Part of it, you know, being that it deals with the pioneers and, and the mavens and the cultural makers and the industry leaders that that created NAFTA. Essentially, goes back to 1957 with um, Jaime Bermudes and 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 the Maquila Parks, you know, which were, you know, twin plants. And and then he partnered up with Don Shapiro, a, a NYU, you know, Jewish Russian Jewish accountant that came down here and and just took over the market in the very. In a very interesting manner, right? And so, you see how people were, have been able to live and create a livelihood here, and it's based off of the dynamics of it's international. You know, it was, and, and it goes off into how China essentially took that component away in Korea, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, so what do you do? It, it has to mutate and regenerate itself somehow, you know. So it, it it's a constant exploration of. How to subsist in the dying provinces of two countries where you're completely completely isolated and therefore you got to take that and and somehow become a succulent where you where you absorb what you have to absorb to be able to transcend and there's a certain wisdom that everybody acquires in the desert and especially a place like this where three million people reside in you know and that's what, it's not like san diego and tijuana where it's a 45 mile uh, uh a trek to the border or, or, or nogales you know, in Arizona or, or McAllen and Laredo. This is far, by far, there's a book called La Mexica, written by a British journalist, La Mexica, and he details the stories of how FDR and the president of uh, Mexico at that point in the 40s, which probably, I don't know who, is, who he was, but they designed routes to, for, for the, in the drug trade essentially to go north from Mexico on into North America. So it goes back to the 40s, uh, allegedly, and he claims that El Paso is by far the most charismatic of all cities. Of all borderland cities, you know, across the world, so there is a certain, you know, dynamic that's powerful with Juarez being so volatile, you know. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's very, it's very layered, but you know, there's, you know, El Paso can be the silver lining of sorts to, to Juarez, you know, and to, and to the dynamics, but it's uh it mutates itself in, in amazing ways, and as a writer and as a filmmaker, you know, I've been able to to, to use that as 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 a, as a tool. You know to have a broader voice to talk about borders and it's not just the motif of of the borderland with barbed wire and and yeah, and and cholos and narcos you know fuck that you know fuck that. it's far more layered than that yeah well one yeah. thing i noticed today is you
0: guys were really appreciating the natural light that you witnessed and and part of that is having the, the photographic eye mm. right and that's a huge part of this project is your guys' roles as photographers. You guys want to speak a little bit about how you got into that, and, and maybe where it's taken you sure. in your careers.
2: Yeah, I, I just simply put it that I'm motivated by beauty, and okay. you know that's I'm always oh, what kinda, a muse. You know, I'm always beauty. seeking you know beautiful light and mm. flowers and the essence of other humans and objects mm. and places, and so, you know that has really equipped me to do this project and photograph grandmothers and to really seek their inner beauty. You know this is a project about inner beauty. Yeah. um, Which is so cool to engage with our elders and it's a project that's about wisdom and using photographic tools you know that's how we're gonna share this real portrait, this real version of a person with their wisdom. Legacy like so. portrait, I like to call
3: it. So I I think that if you're able to to capture an essence of someone within a photo, and that comes from trust and that comes from building a, a situation hmm. that that is um is is full of respect because you're taking someone's image and we're taking it in a really intentional way. And so this, these these interactions have to have a lot of like trust and respect, and we're coming, we have to come with integrity because they're very, you know, we're, we're, we're interrupting people's days. These people are just, right. are living their lives vacuuming their floors and a knock at the door and then suddenly they have a portrait being taken them with huge lights, <laughs> which, you know, we had this amazing sponsor, KinoFlow Lighting, that allowed us to take images inside and... Wow, and, and by the way, I just got to com- commend you on that. I mean, that's... That sponsor, the wonderful company, Kinaflow uh, offered us some amazing lights to use and, and opened up a whole nother um, dimension to wow. the image types of images Th- that that's we brilliant to, yeah. on their behalf.
1: It shows it shows the open the power of open mindedness to, to consider, yeah. you know, potentials yeah, that are that are lucrative in a different way. You know, it doesn't have yeah. you know it's a different lucrative. Yeah, it's not traditional industry.
2: it's not traditional marketing. Yeah, by you know?
1: far. Yeah. But yet at the same time its potential trajectory and,
3: and success yeah. is they've
1: been as s- big as any.
3: So great with us. And they they opened up this whole level where we now we can go in homes with these amazing LED lights and their daylight balance so that it looks really beautiful, looks like window light. And we're able to um, capture these women in their homes. And it's like, you know, a lot of times with a film photographer, especially, you're kind of limited on, on darker situations with tripods, and it becomes a bigger ordeal. But we're able to actually capture these women within their essence of their own home.
2: Yeah, and just capturing that spirit of place within the photograph, too. You know, there's a color palette. There's objects. There's oh, yeah, you know. Man. There's so Absolutely. much to there's the flowers. There's.
1: I I I learned that I was doing a I'm doing By the way, Tim got, got back to me. Turned out I had his his phone blocked accidentally. So he was texting me all this time. Right. A, a friend of mine wrote a book uh, called uh, "All They Will Call You." Tim Hernandez, a professor here from, and from Fresno State. Shout, Shout out to eight. Tim. Yeah. Shout out to Tim. And, 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 and his book is great, man. It, it details a plane crash in I'm not sure 1949 or. Where uh, he, he let uh, the 22 deportees, you know, it was part of the Bracero program, and they they were flying over. The plane crashes; they all died. Right, two pilot, a pilot and an air, two airline stewardesses were the ones that were named. The rest of them were named. They were called the deportees. And and, and Woody Guthrie wrote a song called you know called you know I'll uh, Call You, and then it was interpreted by. Um, Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, and it, you know, part it became all Americana classic, and it was essentially talking about how they just disregarded these, the li- so what he did in his book is he traced the, the names down, and, 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 and so what, what I'm saying is the power of, he, he mentioned to me when I was filming with him in, in Arizona, that the power of the belief in capturing space, I mean of, of, of uh, that, that's, that place holds memory. A place holds memory. The, and especially as a as a writer, uh-huh. I, I, I think you have to be very attuned to that to really capture accuracy, you know. And, and this is not like ethnography. That's what I appreciate about what you guys are doing. It's not some academic approach, which I respect as well. I work with a lot of people in that field. But what you guys are doing is 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 contemporary. It's cool. It's dynamic. It's aesthetic. It's artistic. But yet, like, you, you, it's very ethical. And and it is archi- archiving. You know the. Like the code of, 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 of grandmas, you know, and, and how that becomes what I told my mom today when she spoke to you guys, the one thing I told her to get her to do it, because she didn't want to do it. She didn't want like to talk. But I said, Look, mom, this is for this. Is para la, la this is for eternity, you know? And that's what you told her? Yeah. I, said, yeah. I said you know, you know yeah. that we were aware that we we're all gonna die, you know? I said, This is for like you know, this is you, this is eternity. It's bigger than us. It's eternity. Yeah. You know? And, 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 and I, it was a complete challenge to her to actually like mm-hmm. talk to you guys, like, yeah, I'll give you more, you know, uh, what do you, mm-hmm. she tried, it was really cool to see uh, uh, went, a woman that didn't want, that doesn't talk, mm-hmm. yeah. doesn't like to talk,
3: mm-hmm. talk. Yeah, she's like, well, what about another question? Yeah, was, she was, was all like, like, like she
1: was she said, all we're this, done already? Era como si les reta, like, is that all you guys, uh, I thought you guys were going to ask me some like some more stuff, you know? And that was cool. That's really cool. And like you are connecting these portals and for me, writing is, is capturing code. You know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not just about technology and right, an right. application. You know, yeah. you can't give your whole power away to to, to empirical data like that. You know, you, you gotta captivate ourselves with our own code. You know, that and, and that's how I see what you guys yeah.
3: do. We we were able to, to do Grandmother America portrait with uh with your mom, which was an incredible experience. Thank you. But, she, yeah. was Thank she was beautiful. She was beautiful. We got a beautiful image of her. I bet. I bet. Oh man, yeah. I can't wait to His see. Yeah, I, I can't wait to way.
1: see what I. Based off the film stock and everything else, I'm like, oh man, this is real filmmaking, guys. Yeah. This is real. This is like Stan Brackets meets Cassavetes. You know, meets, and I loved. You know, I loved. Oh, man, I, don't know, I don't
3: know. I don't know if we have the binder, for for binder here, but I loved her. Um, her answer. Yeah, her I, answer. Was I was just gonna ask that. I wasn't there for that shoot. I think it's actually in the car. It's in the car. Okay. Um, I can't I, I wouldn't want to ruin it by not saying it word for word but it was really um, especially coming from a border town grandmother here and uh, you know like just just the, the dynamics here Well, was I, really
2: I, I remember that there was a part about listening and respecting and honoring your parents mm-hmm. and a part about reciprocation and the reciprocation of respect um, and that
1: she even quoted a uh, uh, Benito Juarez Yes, and she was—I've never. She was like a total. Uh, for being a Pentecostal Christian, she was being such a Taoist and a Buddhist right uh, now. And she was just talking. I was like, <laughs> you know, she's a, she's talking like a like a like a Buddhist, you know. That yeah, was beautiful. And, and, and yeah, I noticed she was just saying reciprocity and respect. That's ultimately what she was saying. You know, uh, that's how bad. you build civility, man. She today. And then she bought that right? top and yeah. bought she, she bought that taco in Juarez from, from, from some people the vendors there that she felt bad because it's a one when, when she was buying from them. And she's like, oh, I wish I had more money to buy because, you know, people aren't going there. So you imagine the, where the place that the people she was buying that from live. And they live two miles away. And their world is world. far different from yeah. this beautiful little enclave we have here, you know. So, you know, yeah, it puts you in check. It puts you in check, you know.
3: You just gotta look around and see how yeah, close she you're had at that. She had an incredible grace about her, that is for sure. Yeah, thank you thank yeah, you so much. Did. And and you know, we know, we were in El Paso earlier and I think we made a. we sometimes we don't know where we're going, you know. And we ended up turning off the road into kind of like a definitely a wealthier area. And uh and
2: Yeah, we were by the country club. Oh, and, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and, yeah and it, it was, was it was it was hot everywhere. and we were
3: <laughs> not not getting anything, no one was home. Like the cars had cobwebs on them and stuff and it was eerie giant columns and like massive bronze sculptures and you're like, This is weird and you were like, All right, we're gonna try to find a grandma and then we just finally gave up. It was oh, so man. it just felt I don't know, I mean it was it was a it was a rough day, Johnny. Yeah, I think we were but gonna dehydrated.
1: Yeah, too. but think about it though, you keep talking about the rough day, but look at where you're at now. I
3: know, it's oh, a rough day in person. I know, but then we came here and then this all happened and and I'm going. Mm-hmm.
2: Valentin was sent from God to <laughs> <It laughs> introduce himself to man. us and invite us here. It's it it called
1: it power at the past. Part of the <laughs> thing is that with Don Shapiro, when you, and it's ironic because what I'm doing with Don is really just archiving the, the life of an 89-year-old man, you know, mm. and, and, and just how his memory is so on point, you know, brilliant, brilliant. And he's giving me his opus, man. This is this, for This book is his opus, and his documentary is his last thing to his, you know, grandchildren and, and the legacy, you know, and, thing, and, oh my god, right? And, 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 and I'm gonna get off of Mike and I'm gonna introduce Laura here, because she too documents uh, uh, grandmothers, and, and, yeah. and she tr- documents grandmothers in Africa and in, and in Mexico, and, and, and her art as a film, I mean, her filmmaking is, is you know, for, for me, quintessential borderland frontier, and it's not just based off the topical geographical layout I'm talking about, or people think. It's really more of of connecting uh you know what the human spirit is in in, in tumultuous you know times and conflict and and transcendence, so she does her own thing, and she's a wonderful filmmaker, so I'm going'm put her on the mic. Laura,
0: come on down Yeah, good. There it is. Welcome, welcome, Lada. Now you're not just a voice in the background there.
4: I've never been just a voice never. in the background. Never, exactly.
3: <laughs> you're the angel from El Paso. That's, That's
0: right. And, wow. And so, wow. and so you got I, to meet I'm up with blathered. these guys today.
4: <laughs> well, we still have to do our podcast. That's still yes. pending. Yes. Yes. No. We. <laughs> this, this is a teaser. In the so, <laughs> we'll make it work. Oh man. Well, I'm happy to meet you guys, and I I resonate with your project. I'm grateful that you feel the call to make this um, piece of history. I am co-directing a film called, called La Roqueuse du Desert, The Desert Rocker, and it's about a woman, her name is Mahesna El-Basharia, and she's, she's a 60-something-year-old woman, almost 70 years old. She's from Algeria. And she plays uh, Gnawa music. Gnawa is a music native to North Africa, and it's, it's, it's a traditionally reserved for men. Uh-huh. And she's, she's become famous. She's become an icon for playing the African bass. And, um, you know, for many years she was hated, and now she's considered the mother of Algeria. So it's a really exciting film, you know, wow. to be in the Sahara Desert. Um, sharing space with her. I don't speak her language, she doesn't mm-hmm. speak my language, but we connect from the heart and and we love each other <laughs> very much. Um, so That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: great work and, and I can't wait to explore that a little a little further when we have you on the podcast. Yeah. On, on your own show. <laughs>
4: Coming up. But, uh, there you go. <laughs> wow. Um yeah so that's one of the films I'm working on. Um but you know, I appreciate grandmothers and their messages. I also yeah. appreciate many other things I make films about. Um, in the past, I've focused a lot on immigration issues in this region, and uh, now my work is taking me to other places around the world. I'm I'm, I'm DPing another project and it is about my friend Adam McKinney, who's a really beautiful person. He's a gay, Jewish, black man, and this, he's a dancer, and he created this piece in which he tracks all of his ancestry. So we're going to each one of these locations to film. So we're adapting the this, this, this script of this dance piece into a film, and it's really exciting. We're going to Poland in a week and a half. Wow. And um, that's super cool. Yeah. Definitely. So, dang. It's exciting. <laughs>
3: it's cool that you're living out those uh, the freedoms to be able to create uh, passionate, meaningful work. Mm, mm. Thank and that, you. And that's, and, that's, and that's like one of the greatest gifts that we're learning about freedom here. We ask a lot of grandmas yes. about freedom, and, and a lot of times say, You can do what you want to do.
4: I think uh, if before we uh, began this podcast, there was something I said to Richie. I said, there is nothing better than absolute freedom. There is nothing better in this world than absolute freedom.
3: Especially as a creative. Yeah. yeah. Especially. Especially as a
4: creative. Yeah.
3: So There's so many places that people don't have the creativity to create, I mean, I mean the ability. Freedom. Freedom. Some freedom. 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 Yeah. It's
4: a real privilege. There's definitely
0: yeah. some limitations. And so, and as far as getting your project underfoot, um, what kind of limitations did you guys experience or, you know, how did you jump over those hurdles?
3: Beginning? <laughs>
0: well,
2: is it,
3: there, was, there was a fundraising. Is it a Okay. There was a fundraising money, kind of stressful. Like, we got to raise some money to be able to pull this off in a way that's going to be um, able to capture the women at the beginning the way that they deserve to be captured.
2: Yeah, and I mean, we got a lot of expenses, including the film, and the developing of the film, and printing, and uh, Situations all our that travel come costs, up. rental car. Gas, lodging,
3: yeah, food, <laughs> a lot of expenses. Yeah. <laughs> it's every day, lot, every day lot. it's happening. But at the same time, it's also like, you know, we're investing. We're investing our own money into this too. In the, in the way, it, cause it's like I'm creating something that I know is going to be around when I'm gone. And this is, it's like a gift to to have the ability for Johnny and I to be able to get together as individuals in this world that's so crazy, busy, and distracted. Yeah. To be able to set away. And to be able to create something as powerful as, as this, with the meaning right. and the integrity that we both share, which is just an incredible dynamic together, John.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful focus Great. to, to listen to grandmothers, <laughs> and to work yeah. to be working with these, incredible. Like these are, <laughs> these are the people in our families who, yeah. you know, not always, but usually hold the family together. Mm-hmm. They are kind of the what the family revolves around, right? And that that keeper- you guys have
0: used that word matriarch, right? Yeah. Which is that kind of role. Um, Hey, actually, one thing that you mentioned right now, when you're talking about expenses, you you talked about film, something I don't don't think has been brought up yet. You guys are shooting in film. What's tell us a little bit about that.
2: And that's actually part of the archival process. Um, Shooting with analog film is an archival method Mm -hmm. of photography, and it's a traditional method. Um, and the film is, you know, these are older cameras. Um, we're shooting with medium format. Um, and it's... The film negative is a tangible piece of material that will last for hundreds of years. There you go. And, um, you know, that's a special thing about this, is that it's... The image is documented in this archival format with molecules of silver, that will be around for hundreds of years, okay. um, versus on, on a digital camera where things could be wiped out with a magnet, yeah. or on a hard drive that, you know, gets, falls in water and doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, so it's an, it's
3: an expensive medium. It's very expensive. Yes, for a high quality scan and digitizing of the, it's about two and a half dollars a photo. Yeah. But we feel as
2: photographers and artists that it's the best method. The most natural means of taking a portrait of somebody, and I think as photographers we ask ourselves, like, how can we make the most lifelike? Yeah. How can we recreate real life? And honest analog imagery just outperforms digital in terms of the the okay. nuances, and atmosphere of a photograph.
3: Yeah. we had to give a shout out too for Omega Brandis distributing that that uh, that gave us a discount on film and yeah. worked with us to be able to purchase a large quantity at once, because we needed, we needed, a, we needed a lot of film. And, uh, and they were able to work with us, and, and we were, were very thankful for them.
0: That's, that's amazing. So I, I'm really interested in that. Um, now, another aspect of, of using the film, right, that you guys were mentioning earlier, out, you know, outside of the podcast, was now you have the challenge of making sure that you preserve it. And so in this heat, you have to take extra precautions to preserve that film you got
3: to keep it. It can't get warm. If okay. it gets warm,
2: it it, it it gets more grainy and yeah. kind of faded looking. And we want these pictures to be as rich and natural as possible. So yeah, we're keeping all of our film in a cooler, and uh, we got to you know charge our ice packs
3: up every night in the freezer. Wow. And sick. and we it was getting too hot that we ended up mailing our first week out because yeah. we were worried about it getting damaged. So we. We were like, it was like 105 degrees, we were like freaking out about the film. Every time yeah. we go to grandma, we'd be gone for an hour and the car oh. would sit for an hour. And, and the car then, heats up, so a car heats up course. to 120 degrees or something. Yeah, yeah, and so we're like, oh my gosh. And So then we were kind of freaking out, like we gotta mail this film. So we, I don't know, where we're at
2: Hatch, right? No? Yeah, it was Hatch Valley.
3: Hatch Valley, uh, New Mexico, we mailed a bunch of film to, to kind of keep it safe, um, to develop them because these images are, are coming out incredible and we want to keep them as vibrant as possible. I, I love that. Thanks, and then also I think just
0: that kind of knowledge shows your your sense of professionalism and and, and knowledge, mm-hmm. and even just respect for the craft. I think right of of photography, and and I I, I respect the way you're going with this archival method, right, and using the film. Um, amazing, awesome you guys. Thank you. Now um, another question I had, and I think people are probably wondering, because again, people, a lot of our listeners probably haven't heard of you guys, yet, and so. You guys weren't just strangers who met one day and were like, hey, let's go film, let's go take pictures of grandmas and and document it. So tell us a little bit how you guys wound up meeting together. You're both from Michigan, right?
3: We both live on a peninsula, which is the most important feature of living in Michigan. You live on a peninsula. So if you live in Boston, right, we're both musicians. We met through the music community. If you're in Boston, you go to New York. You go to New Jersey. You you can drive. You can drive places and meet different communities of people. But within Michigan, you are surrounded by it. the The most fresh water that we that we can um, that we can uh, that we that we uh, in the world, so we were able to, we were like, sorry, Johnny, you got me distracted. Driven <laughs> yeah, driven distracted. Is, is it a beer <laughs> break? Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. We live on a peninsula, all right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we live on a peninsula. Okay, yes. And so we, we had to collaborate with each other as Michiganders, because we can't really drive wow. out unless you drive south. So Michiganders are this incredible community, this is, there's this community called the Earthwork Collective, which we're both part of. And uh, we met through that community, the Earthwork Music Collective. It's a, an it's, incredible collection of musicians that live on a peninsula.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, Michigan has its own unique feel. It's a, yeah, like Joey said, it's a peninsula. And uh, the arts community kind of all engages with each other, you know. It's kind of this oh. insular environment that just the networks happen between states. Every city's about an hour apart. And uh, musicians are just kind of hopping around from city to city, and everyone kind of knows everyone now, in the different cities. That's pretty interesting.
0: I kind of like that. So that gives you guys an opportunity to tour
3: and maybe yeah. try to do a little Yeah, little you can tours. do little Album collaborations, and... like bands work with photographers of Michigan because you're not going to go hire someone from New York. Right. You're in, because you're, on, you're, you're in Michigan. <laughs> it's in the middle, too. You go to Chicago. Chicago is a, a – Nashville is not too far away. But, um, so we met through that, and then he moved to L.A., and we both worked on a film of a of ours from uh, two French directors and we worked on a film together about maybe three months ago and that's when we realized we were working, Johnny and I were a team um, gaffing a film um, yeah. with the Salto brothers and we realized that we worked really well together and then it became apparent that this Grandmothers of America project which we spoke of the trip before was extremely feasible through our um, our collaboration methods and the trust that we have in each other and the respect that we have for each other.
2: Yeah, we just, we working on that film together was when uh, Joey had mentioned this idea of Grandmothers of America. Okay. And uh, we just, yeah, it was a good fit. And we both are passionate about photography and imagery and storytelling and realized that our values were in line and it just was, we were the right people to make this happen. And, um, Isn't so it amazing how it works out that way? And is. you stumbled yeah.
0: into the right place when yeah, you came you guys, into El
3: Paso. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are such angels to us. So it's
0: nice having you guys in. Uh, so you, both of you guys are musicians, essentially, too. And uh, you had, we had the treat of you guys played a little, a little bit. Uh, and you brought your instruments on the road with you.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah how's that have.
0: been? Have you, have you guys been doing some songwriting on those long breaks? We you have, know, actually, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, music, I would say, is a lifeblood to us both one of those things that I think when you learn music and resonate with it, it just is something that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life. And so it was really no question for us about bringing instruments and that that was going to be a part of this project. And we knew that there might be um, a motion picture component going on and and kind of Mm -hmm. thinking about how music could play into, you know, maybe this documentary idea or... You know, just a part of the story. It's one more It definitely um, is,
3: right? And we've been able to share music with grandmothers too. Some grandmothers want to hear our music and if we have enough time or it's the right situation because every situation is different. Every we have to deal with every grandmother differently because they some get very emotional and it's a very it's a very soft, tender experience. Some are very quirky and and are joking around and, and wanna dance and, and wanna, wanna, dance. wanna get the music out. Yeah, and so and like and, and even like the, the the calm you know, we've met a grandmother that was estranged from her grandkids and she never met her grandkids but she she had these stories of how she feels her grandkids and it was an extremely emotional experience for us and wow. and then we met a, you know a grandmother that is on a ranch and has 40 great grandchildren and loves music and was listening to merle haggard and we walked in and i was like oh we got to play some country music for this one and we
2: took this epic portrait of her against yeah. the mountain at sunset oh, just I can't wait to on see her ranch and so, like,
3: and then we played music, and she was touched, and, you know, and we sent her a postcard yesterday saying... And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be in touch with this woman forever. This is like... <laughs> this Gosh,
4: is you our- guys make me uh, look forward to being a
2: grandmother. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we can start a trend. Yeah. Get more people into their grandmas, asking questions, seeking the wisdom, getting off their phones, and realizing... Really i reali- grandma. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. All
4: right. <laughs> Wanting to be a wise grandmother.
2: Yeah. Wow. I can't wait to be a grandpa. I mean, that's a huge part of this for us. Of what we're learning is uh-huh. the importance and the power of family. You know, when we ask, usually when we ask, what is happiness to you? Define happiness. 90%. It's, 90%. it's my family. It's my no. grandkids. No way. It's my children. It's the love okay. that I feel for my family. That is what happiness is.
0: That's, uh, that's very interesting, so earlier this morning, I, I did a workshop with six-year-olds, and I asked them the exact same question. Guess what their answers were? My Whoa. family. Wow. What, so what happens in between? <laughs> you know, I don't wow. know. But that's, yeah, that's what, interesting Yeah, what does happen in between?
2: Because you ask us around the table or, you know, any other group of 20-somethings? Or- well,
4: I think... Actually, it's funny that Valentina introduced me with this book, all uh-huh. about love by Bell Hooks. I Great think Bell book, Hooks by the name. way. Yeah, um, a wonderful writer. She talks about uh, the, all right, um, what human beings think love is, right? So you ask what happens in between, and I think what happens in between is this school of love learning what love is, learning how to love, mm. how to give love, how to receive love, how to live love. And I think sometimes that's awesome. damaged for some people, you know, but I think a lot of us, those of us who are fortunate enough to um, look, have the privilege to look within and, and relearn what love is, then we can reconnect with the matriarchs, right? Then yeah. we can reconnect with, with, um, Where we come from, yeah. But I think sometimes that disconnection comes from a lack of understanding of what love is.
3: Mm. Awareness. Mm.
4: Sure, a lack of, yeah. I think I think under is understanding the same as awareness. I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. Okay, yeah. There you go. Sure. There you go. In order
0: to understand, you have to first be aware. It's just one thing to be aware,
4: and it's another to really understand and live Mm. that love. You know. Interesting. And, 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 and to, to live that love, you have to unlearn and, and re re mm-hmm. That's the only way, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, I, I, you guys are tapping into this kind of pulse, right? That maybe, as you mentioned, maybe also with the, the way times are changing, maybe cultural values are shifting, maybe there is less attention towards the, like, the family I mean, you know, in terms of maybe, like, you know, there's a certain sense of isolation, I think. It's and I think of there's paradox also there's of a prevalence technology. of distraction now
3: with, yes. with 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 this culture of of immediate distraction in our yeah. pockets, you know, right. at all times. It's, it's just
2: screen time that's yeah. what it is. And you notice, going from grandmother to, the, mother to grandmother, there's rarely screen time. Yeah. Sometimes there's a TV, but sure. mostly not. I'd say maybe 10 percent of the grandmothers we meet have a TV, the rest don't have smartphones, most I'd say more than half don't have email address, it's, Mm -hmm. these are people who aren't really on the screens the way that we are, you know, if you ask any millennial, like we have to have email, we kind of have to have a smartphone, you know, so that's part of this generational disconnect Mm -hmm. that we're discovering is that these are two totally different worlds. And do you guys? I'm t- oh, sorry. sorry. No, I was just going to say, how can we kind of work towards mm. meeting in the middle? Okay. Well, I'm curious. Do you, do you guys uh, maybe bring that up in any way
0: in your line of question in your questioning?
3: Well, when we introduce the use- project, we talk about the disconnect, okay. and we bring up the phones, and every single person goes, "Well, that is a major addiction." We <laughs> yes. had a 95 year old grandma named June, uh-huh. who was incredible. And she said straight out, you guys have a major addiction. Your generation has the wow. worst addiction. And she goes, you guys cannot put the phone down. She goes, my kids come, and I have to tell them to put the phones down.
2: Yeah.
3: And those are her kids, and those are, those are baby boomers. And this isn't even like a, people aren't, like they go to see their grandparents
2: and they want to put their phones down. It's like not, they have to be asked, and it's, there's a respect that's being lost.
4: Interesting. Wow, you're right. And an presence. honor
2: for engagement. Huh. You know, honoring the fact that engagement is possible. It's engagement time. Yeah. We're in the presence of hmm. people I'm, of wisdom uh, yeah. and our predecessors. We need to honor that. Presente. Right. Or, in the
4: words of Kanye, my presence is a presence. It's a
0: present. <laughs> I'm curious to see in, in, your, in your journeys and in documentation whether that's going to be the same all across the board, or maybe you'll see some variances. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing you mentioned also is that you guys are also hitting very small towns, mm-hmm. not just like major cities. You're, you're hitting very, very small towns. No highways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, really?
3: Yeah, we're not... We're only when Funny. we... There's a couple times that we have to. You have to connect, right? But, I mean, we haven't hit a
2: highway for a week. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. it's a little more challenging in larger cities. I mean, in some ways, I think people are just more kind of open or maybe used to people kind of knocking on their doors and having casual conversation. Less and distraction.
0: Well, that's, that's, that's kind of why I brought that up because we're talking about distraction and, and isolation. I'm curious if they're more welcoming because, you know... They're, yeah, it's definitely been,
2: more welcoming. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've come to the conclusion of we kind of need to steer clear of big cities and if we do okay. work in big cities, we need to have arrangements set up with people. Yeah. I think time becomes more of a valuable resource in larger cities you know mm-hmm. there's just more pressure in those types of environments mm-hmm. and um, you know in smaller towns people are kinda out and about and the schedules a little looser and right. uh, it's not so much of a bother to talk
3: someone's to someone. Gonna, someone's gonna stop by and say hey you know maybe and I, I think that people will enter the door with an open mind I would say just kinda like oh hey how's it going? You know, and then you go into a big city, and they're like, they open the door. You can't even see their face. They barely open the door, like, what's up? It's, yeah. And it's like, and it's like, oh, hi, you know, I'm Johnny. I mean, this is Johnny. This, I'm Joey, and we're with Grandmas of America, and they're like, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to sell me? You and proselytizing, and you now Yeah. And they're like, what are you trying to sell me? Like, we're not selling anything. You know, we're just we, trying to. to get we get just want to,
2: to talk. We want to learn stories. The we're, Grandmas okay. of
4: America are our squad.
2: <laughs> there you go. I like that. So anyway, I mean, it's not it's not always like a cut and dry, um, right? You'll, you'll, you'll see black and white thing, yeah.
3: But um, we've been able to work with work with Apache. We mm-hmm. went to the tribal office and met with some elders there, and in San Carlos, Arizona. Okay. And it was an incredibly empowering experience to be introduced to grandmothers in Apache, and to to, you know, I I'm from Michigan, and I'll be honest, I don't know much about the Southwest indigenous right. culture and. And I didn't learn I learned some and mostly just by interaction and seeing their energies, but I, I mean it was a it was an incredibly powerful experience. And every one of their advices that we had from Apache Grandmothers was about their own heritage and their language. Okay. Yeah, it was is, about the like fear
0: of losing that?
2: Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah, it's about an importance of preserving it. Okay. And you know, do do what you can to honor and preserve your heritage was yeah was one thing that we received Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, so I know, for example, right now in El Paso you have the border, one thing that happens, and and I know because I've experienced it, is when you have second, third generation, like, uh, Mexican-Americans who start to lose that. For example, I grew up not learning Spanish, which is unfortunate, you know, but it's a border town, and uh, you kind of have a shift of, like, U.S. culture trying to pull away, and, and I think, you know, I, I, I experienced some of that with my grandparents later, later on. Like, I hate that, that we kind of lost that bridge. Mm-hmm.
2: It's, a, it's a big loss for me. Well, it's up to us you grandkids, it too. Gone. It's, a, you know, it's... Absolutely. it's my up my to, grandparents are gone. There's a lot to our actions, you know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot that's in our potential to preserve our heritage. Yeah. To one, you know, study it and learn, about where we came from but to ask questions and really enact and just be a part to like kind of live our history and like live our part.
4: Yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of healing that comes with um, preserving your culture or a culture. There's a lot of healing that comes with that and healing is really important especially in this time.
0: Most definitely and I think your project is definitely aimed towards healing.
2: Yeah,
3: well, it's... We're really just trying to make these women as beautiful and feel as wonderful as possible. That's Great. healing. I know, and, and... Exactly, yeah. And we had, a, we had a grandma today say over and over again she was ugly and ugly, and we just kept telling her over and over again, and she was not ugly. She was beautiful. Just an elegant... And graceful. we
2: explained to her, and using Spanish too, Joey and I both speak a little Spanish, right? and enough to communicate general ideas, and we were able to share with her that this is about inner beauty. This is not about the surface beauty. And I think that's so typical that we're looking for this kind of 20 something kind of clean lines and like our our culture's idea of beauty is one thing that you know that's not real life. We both love our grandmothers so much. We're those grandkids who just cling to our grandmothers for stories and like to us that that's, is our highest value. That is such what a beautiful, beautiful thing, too. is. Yeah and you know to share our values in photography and like really capturing you know deeper than something that's deeper than just what's on the surface but you know using the questions that we're asking to pair with you know an a environmental portrait of someone to just
3: as they are yeah. as they are as they be you know the essence the legacy of that individual at that one time in their home and and seeing that and being able to capture it with respect and trust because you know you have to build trust this is a we're two random white guys walking out to the door funny hats and 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 just just openly asking for trust and understanding and the process every time is a little bit different because every grandma's got a different story a different you know, different different walls, different barriers, different, um, different history. Right. Yeah. And, and and so every time we come and we, it's, it's, it's complete in improv none, none of them are the same. Right. Everyone we have to cater, you know, because these are you know these are some of these women that we have to we have to help move. I mean they can't get up from the from the couch from the photo and we have to carry them. Mm-hmm. And and we and we do it and you know the sweetness and the kindness that we have received throughout this process has just been astounding. And these people saying thank you, and we, we giving them thanks for offering their time and their image and their beauty, and... and I mean, it's, it's
2: emotionally empowering. There's been a lot of tears, you know, yeah. all around the board. Like with, I'm sure
0: even just uh, acknowledging them, right, might, might open that up, mm-hmm. you know, maybe something they And have. some
3: of our questions, too, or, you know, we ask questions like, what is freedom, what is your greatest heartache? We've heard, you know, and wow. anyone that's lost a child, we've had a few, and instantaneous, and no doubt that's their hardest heartache, you know. And you learn and learn about losing, you know, like losing their friends, and and you you learn about loss, you know, yeah. and and these these transitions of aging and losing those around you, and then it just makes you remind you like I gotta call a friend, yeah. I gotta call my grandmother, I gotta right. call my old aunt. Like there's, there's people, mentors, and. And, and, and the importance of connection, the importance of intentionality, the importance of of um, of you know of being in touch and being intentional
2: yeah. yeah I think that's our greatest motivation is really connection and engagement
0: and and so I hope you know anyone listening, if your grandmothers are still around or by extension you know family Give them a call please f- friends, family yeah maybe, you know, have those conversations yeah.
3: Put your phone down and ask them to tell you about their life and the stories and the, and the differences of yours, and then you'll really realize what you take yeah. for granted. You know, the things that we have, everyone's like, you have everything, do you realize?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I didn't have running water. I didn't have a toilet. You have so much to be thankful for. You got all that plus AOL. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah.
3: They have That copies. dial up that yeah. dial up tone. <laughs> oh, really, really. <laughs> oh, man. I need to download
0: that. Awesome, cool. Well, uh, uh, Johnny, Joey, it's it's been cool having you guys here in the in the studio coming through. It was it's been a pleasure meeting you guys and getting to talk a little bit about your project. Do you guys have any Shout-outs you'd like to give at this moment? You already mentioned your sponsors, right? Uh, yeah, Kino KinoFlow, KinoFlow,
3: Kino Mango Brandis, and then, Brandis. then some some great uh, personal donors, Scott Christopher Holmes, and a bunch of people that um, some private donors, our parents, and um, yeah. and just just the the freedom and ability to work together and to be able to do such such a thing is is the biggest gift of all. Is be able to, just the freedom that Johnny and I have right now in our lives. Yeah. Surrounded by the culture that is actually showing so much support, and you guys obviously showing a support. the the gifts of strangers, the gifts of interaction, the gifts of happen chance.
4: Hmm.
0: Awesome. Well, it's been great. Um, so, Laura, thanks thanks for joining us too Thank as well. You. And of course, Valentin, you doing how you doing there, man? I <laughs> started things off, uh, but uh, you know, if you're listening check out their their journeys, you know, they post a bit, they do have the website, grandmothersofamerica.com. Of course, if you're on Instagram, they have, you can just search that, right? Grandmothers of America, there's also a YouTube channel, and uh, I know you guys play some music, so maybe it'd be cool to end the show with just you guys sharing a little bit of your music, just to to ease on out.
2: Sure.
0: Cool, so thanks for being on the show, guys. We'll see you next time, peace.